0: Episode 92. Fill me in. A crossword podcast. Yes.
1: That's what we've got here. It's
0: almost the end of season two. This is the second to last episode of season two. It's the penultimate episode of season two. Penultimate. It is episode. the penultimate. Penultimate. Yeah. Penultimate? Uh, no, penultimate. Penultimate.
1: Um, we're not going to do what we did last year which is allow the the season 2 finale to last 3 episodes no it's going to be the season finale will be next week next week's episode is going to be our ACPT wrap up yes speaking of which the ACPT it starts in 3 days 3 days 3 days from the moment this podcast is available to you and uh, you can still sign up you can still go if you haven't signed up yet you can sign up at the door if you want you can just show up it's in Brooklyn the Brooklyn Marriott Hotel near the Brooklyn Bridge (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it yes. starts on Friday, Friday night, all day Saturday, Sunday morning, it's going to be awesome
0: Well, Sunday morning into the afternoon Sunday
1: morning into the afternoon It's a good half afternoon. day it's It a is a good half day Yeah, I think you're, it's about 48 hours from start to finish, don't
0: you think? I
2: would
1: about. say that Maybe about. about 46 hours maybe Yeah,
0: maybe a little less than 48 hours yeah. But it seems, it's a full weekend Yeah, it it's really is a full is. weekend of I'm enjoyment. psyched
1: about it, I can't wait We are what do we have coming up on the show, Ryan?
0: Today on the show, we have we have a big show.
1: This is a huge show.
0: This is the pre-ACPT show. Yeah. We're going to have predictions yes. about the tournament.
1: Absolutely. Our predictions. That's right.
0: We're going to have interviews.
1: We have interviews. How many people are we interviewing in We're, today's episode? This is unbelievable. This is.
0: Six. Six people. Six. People.
1: I predict that something will go wrong.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how we've gone from not being able to any, even interview one person yeah. to interviewing six people. That's nonsense. It is. Six people on one show. Six people on one show. I don't believe it. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I will. And we're going to have a Double Thunder round.
1: All of that and more. It's coming up after the Be More Smarter orchestra plays Ryan's favorite song in the entire world. Drag on the hate dulcet tones. The dulcet tones of Franklin's CD player. <laughs> CD player? Like Jag on a Hank has ever been on a CD?
0: <laughs> it could be. It hasn't been. It will be. When? View mail. Opening it up. Now right. we, 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 we in, in advance. What? In advance. <laughs> you just opened the bag and now you're talking. In advance, I'm just saying. I didn't realize your voice was at the top of the we're bag. We're going to whip through this.
1: We are. We're whipping.
0: So if, it's, if it seems like we're going faster than normal, that is the case. All right, I'll
1: read the first one. Our first viewer mail comes to us from Jared Hirsch. Jared Hirsch. Jared Hirsch. Uh, Jared writes to us, While Ryan seemingly takes delight in butchering English beyond all conceivable recognition, Brian, as a careful custodian of the language and as one who appreciates logical subtleties and distinctions, I thought you should know that RBI, ATM, and the like are initialisms rather than acronyms. It's only an acronym if it's pronounced as a word, like SCUBA or RADAR. Regarding their pluralizations, I'm of the camp that you can treat the initialism, or acronym, hereafter known as acralism, as a single unit, independent of what the individual letters stand for, and therefore add an S to the end to make it plural. Do you remember what this is even about?
0: This is about RSBI versus RBIs.
1: Kind of, and it stems from that email we got last week from Dan Fayer's mom about sergeant's first class. So that's sergeant's first that class. That sergeant's first class you'd abbreviate as SFCS. Right. Pluralizing the initialism.
0: Or the uh, Acrylism. The Acrylism. The Acrylism. Exactly. So Jared agrees with us. Uh,
1: Jared does agree with us, and Except unfortunately he disagrees with Dan Fayer's mom.
0: Yes. Speaking of Dan Fayer's
1: mom, because she's not otherwise part of this show, she's a completist. She is? She's in the pantheon of completists. Nice.
0: Yeah. Good for you. That's right. All right, moving on to Neville L. Fogarty, Squishy Defeated. Wasn't sure where they did nickname. Yeah, came I, I know. Uh, Neville says, I did both of the Outsiders. This is These are Todd Legacy's Facebook puzzles. Uh, <laughs> Kevin puzzle. Royal. Kevin Royal. Kevin Royal. Kevin... Who the hell is Todd Legacy? <laughs> it sounds like his name oh should be God. Todd Oh, my God. Kevin, Kevin Royal. Royal. These are very interesting puzzles. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Neville did both of them. Uh, he says, I love them. If you put your rhythmics in the first edition of a puzzle, I will love it. Uh, I don't know that I could do more than one a week. I got a lot of strange looks from my friends. Thanks for the tip. I tried doing doing these, Yeah, I failed. You failed? Miserably. I did one of them and I enjoyed
1: it. I'm, I'm with the I, Devil. I think they're good. But I did it in the privacy of my own home, so nobody looked at me and thought it was weird.
0: Not even your cats?
1: Well, no, but then I left it out on the coffee table and they tore it up into little pieces. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Moving on. John Delphin. Vassar, class of 1976. John, I don't need no stinking nickname, Delphin. He wrote to us about cryptic clues. Uh, his, his, his problem is with surface meaning. We had that cryptic clue last week. He writes to us, what is sat on a throne to hear was lousy weather supposed to appear to say? And in what language? Right. Yeesh. All right. Well, I, you know, I looked at the cryptic clue and was lousy weather is in quotes. Is in quotes. Now we didn't make that part clear when no. we read the clue on the show last week, but even so sat on a throne to hear was lousy weather. Yeah. What does that mean? That's a horrible, horrible clue. Yeah because john is right as others tyler uh, tyler said this uh others have said this that the cryptic clues need to sound like english they need to sound like a real phrase or a sentence and if they don't it's just kind of makes it lame
0: it's it's not as fun it's not as
1: fun and i think the more like a real sentence it sounds the harder it is to solve because your brain wants to process what it seems like it means right as opposed to what the clue is actually trying to set up. Yes. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, John, you're right. Cryptic clues need to make more sense, and that one sucks. <laughs> although, you,
0: Although I think it could be easily fixed, and I'm not sure why they didn't. No? How about for next week, you fix that clue for us? Sounds good. Excellent. I'll have plenty of time. Good. This next one is from Joe Cabrera, Boston Ma for, for now. He says, how could you not know that Westport is in Connecticut? I believe that he's talking to me.
1: Yes, I think he is, because last week you didn't know where Westport was. I knew it was in Connecticut. You did. You did not. Yes, yeah, so
0: he's talking to me. Okay. That's the place that Ricardo's moved to during the last season of I Love Lucy. Didn't you have a TV in your house growing up? Yes, uh, but, well, yes, but I, I Love Lucy
1: wasn't on it when I was yes, growing
0: up. Yes, I grew up in the 1970s.
1: Yeah, there, I Love Lucy maybe it was in syndication. but
0: Maybe. I, I do.
1: I do remember those shows. I didn't watch TV until like the mid '80s. Well, you were not allowed. I wasn't allowed. The first show that they that my parents let me watch was uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. <laughs> my mom really liked Scarecrow and Mrs. King, so we used to watch
0: uh, that I together. That. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's a uh, good show. Joe also says also broom is French for fog.
1: So foggy broom of the PNA magazine puzzles means foggy fog. It means foggy fog.
0: I don't think that's his real name.
1: I don't either. I. Th- I th- still believe it's somebody we know i'm gonna make my first prediction of this episode all right i predict that that is not his real name
0: <laughs> that's not a
1: prediction you're right i know i know i was just setting it that's up. already happening building the suspense
0: i think we're <laughs> to deflate it i completely. think we'll see foggy broom this weekend oh yeah you think and i don't i don't know if we'll know it's we we're seeing him yeah but i think we will see him do you
1: think it's one of Peter Gordon's aliases? It could
0: be. Yeah. It'd be Foggy Brew and Roger DePont. They go out <laughs> and
1: have tea. With Ogden Porter. With Ogden Porter, yes. Uh, we heard from Bruce Sutphin. He asks, Are you recording things at the ACPT this year? Yes.
0: yes. All right. Amanda Yesnowitz says... Uh, is mean, she the
1: unparalleled, parallel person.
0: She says the combination of chocolate and cinnamon is absolutely delicious. Thank you. Which means two things. A... Fill me in may need a new segment called what Brian doesn't know about chocolate and cinnamon and two I may need to take you down a decker I totally agree I think you agree that, I should be taken down a decker no well I agree you suck I agree that chocolate and cinnamon is absolutely delicious and I believe this is the first of these of these uh, viewer mails that seems to be on my side
1: Well, alright, so I win 6-1 to one today Yes uh, That's a typical tennis set
0: uh, We're going to get you some chocolate and cinnamon okay. And, you're gonna, we're and gonna... I'm going to
1: re-gift it to you
0: No, we'll, we'll try it on the show We will? Yeah uh-huh. It's very easy to find here Because there's a all lot right. of Mexican We'll see if chocolate. it lasts
1: on the show You remember when we tried Cherry Mash on the show? Yeah, it didn't make it No, we still have that segment in the archive somewhere We do we might Ready be. for that old We're going to do a compilation episode <laughs> Of all the bits we've cut out of previous episodes Wow, that's going to be a long episode Oh my god
0: Viewer Mail, closing it up.
1: So this is the earliest in an episode we've ever closed the Viewer Mailbag. Yeah. Wow. We have a lot to get to. We do. So we're going to move right along. We have a crossword construction tip of the quarter month. Uh, We got some emails from Joe Crozel. Rhymes with puzzle. Uh, And Joe... Uh, talk to us about quad stacks uh, of 15-letter answers. Because he, this past week... This past week, Kevin G. and and had the first had a time ever. He had a quad stack on the top and a quad stack on the bottom, and it was really impressive construction. And Joe had done a puzzle a few months ago that had a quad stack of 15s across the middle. Yes. And he tells us that uh, he thinks he thinks, and now maybe others will disagree, but he thinks that the quad stack at the top and bottom of a puzzle is slightly easier to construct then a quad stack through the middle of a puzzle. Okay. And uh, he says that the reason is that uh, when you do it in the middle of the puzzle, it requires symmetry going out of both ends of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the you have to match it in, in both directions out of the same quad stack. Uh-huh. When you do it off the top or the bottom, it only needs to have clues that branch out in one direction, because uh-huh. the other side is the edge of the puzzle. Right. So he suggests that what you do is you make 30 quad stacks that sit either at the top or the bottom. Sure, okay. That, yeah, sure. I uh, just... Did that this morning <laughs> for breakfast, uh, and then uh, and then you find two that look like they could match up symmetrically, and then you build the rest of your puzzle from that.
0: This uh, sure, it's that no, easy. Yeah. Piece of cake. I, I I I'll take your word for it, Joe Crow. So I've never made um, any kind of a quad stack. No, I've made a, a, a one stack, a, a single <laughs> stack. I
1: can make a quad stack sandwich. Yes, yeah. that's, that's about it.
0: That's how about many all how many
1: do. how many deckers are in a quad stack? Well, a deckers is breads minus one. Right. So so a quad stack if it's if it's four layers of sandwich material, then that would be five pieces of bread. It would be a, a four decker sandwich <laughs> with five pieces of bread. <laughs>
3: I've you, suddenly you, gone into a time machine you know, to like, last year.
0: You have you, you have no future as a menu writer. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <Our> sandwich, <laughs> this sandwich involves four layers of sandwich material. <laughs>
1: Yuck. That's, yeah, that's but going, I'm talking about, like, the meat, the cheese, I the vegetables. I understand what you mean, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm differentiating between the good parts of the sandwich and the bread, which is boring. Not if it's good bread. What about if it has different kinds of bread? See, this is bread?
0: what people don't understand.
1: Bread really makes the sandwich. Yes, it does. But what if you did, like, normal bread on the top and bottom, but then in between you use something totally different? Have you ever done that? Well, I a think... sandwich that maybe had, like, a piece of honey oat bread in the middle, or a piece of matzah Well, I think it's
0: slightly easier to have bread on the top and the bottom than to have bread just going down through the middle. <laughs> Because the sandwich has to branch off from the top and the... Anyway. Thank you, Joe Crozel. All right. Last week, I said there was going to be a surprise. Yes. What is the surprise? Well, you made me tell you what it was. I did, but it's a surprise for our audience. It's a surprise for everybody. What? The end of the season is nigh. Is it not? It is nigh. Yes, it is nigh. <laughs> it is nigh like you would not believe. Yeah.
1: And what has been the arc? Well, the arc was that we were going to try to get a puzzle published in the New York Times.
0: Now, that is not going to happen. No, it's not. This season, but no, not this season. I have, we have come as close as we possibly can. How close is that? This is how close it, it, it we have come. The inner nerd puzzle, the grid is complete. I hold it in my hand. Thank you. It took me uh, quite a while, but I think it's a good puzzle. Yeah, it's a good grid. It is a good. There grid. are only there are five. There are five abbreviations. Yep. Which I I tried to avoid the abbreviations. Sure. sure. There are a couple of partials, but I think for the most part, it's a solid grid, and I'm going to be writing the clues, and then after the ACPT, I'm going to send it in.
1: That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. I'm behind you 100% of the way. Thank you. I do want to ask you one question. Go ahead. How is you completing the Inner Nerd grid closer to getting a puzzle in the New York Times than me sending in two puzzles six months ago? Because those puzzles are dead. But they, I had already written clues for them. Like they were complete, they were done, and I sent them in. And that's I've true. been rejected. But somehow that's less so than you completing your. Well, grid. because they had, they have no future. They do have no future.
0: There's that's, no future. That's for true. That. Your your puzzle is still viable. Futureful. <laughs> Now my puzzle could have no future, but we don't know that we yet. We don't know that. You have not yet heard from Paula Gamash, bearer of bad news. So <laughs> it's very possible I will. Hear no, from this her. puzzle
1: is awesome. This is totally gonna get published. Well thank you. Absolutely. Well
0: we we will we will see. We will see. We so will. we're we we haven't actually met the goal, we've kind of overshot shot it a little bit, but it will happen soon. Yeah. Well, you know, we try. We try and we fail. We try and we fail. Yes. That's been our motto. All right, the contest of then. No. The contest of then? Oh, I don't have it written down on my thing.
1: That's because you said you would remember. (laughs) Before we get to the contest of then, we're actually going to get to the big six-person interview sequence. Boom! Here we are. So this is what happened. Earlier in the week, we had an opportunity to chat with our friend Will Short's attendant as uh, you he's know, a pre-ACPT
0: uh, interview. And for those who don't know, he's the di- But A lot of people think that the, the, the crossword tournament is associated with the New York Times, which actually is not true. No, it just so happens that the
1: editor of the puzzle at the New York Times and the director of the American Crossword Puzzle Tournament happen to be the same person. One Will Shorts. William Elizabeth Shorts. <laughs> attendant.
0: <Attended. laughs> uh And we were able to talk to him about uh, the 33rd... <laughs> annual Crossword Puzzle Tournament, and this is what he had to say.
2: Well, my name is Will Shorts. I'm Crossword Editor of the New York Times and Founder Director of the American Crossword Puzzle Tournament.
1: Will, the Crossword Tournament is the biggest event of the year for much of the crossword community. For some, it's a chance to win a big prize, but for most, it's like a yearly reunion. Do you get that feeling about it? Do you have time to enjoy the social scene?
2: I'd say yes and no. Um, First of all, many of my best friends in the world are at the tournament, especially as officials, but contestants as well. It's just uh, I get a very warm feeling when I go into the event, uh, seeing all these uh, people I love. But I also feel a responsibility for the event, to make sure it runs well, to make sure people are happy. That's uh, always the first thing on my mind. And... uh, so I'd say I put my own pleasure, I make that secondary to, for this weekend, I put that, my own feeling secondary to making sure everyone else is having a good time.
0: Did you know when you when you started it, was that, in the back of your mind, part of the reason to do, have a tournament was to get crossword people together?
2: Um, getting puzzlers together has always been number one for me. Um, when I started this, uh, I worked for Penny Press Puzzle Magazines in Connecticut and there was this new hotel started, the Stanford Marriott, had just opened, and uh, the director of marketing was looking for an event to bring people to the hotel on a winter weekend when they weren't doing much business. So I said I'd do it, and I thought it would be just a a one-time thing. It was uh, just hugely successful. We had 149 contestants that first year, just tons of publicity. Uh, We were on uh, both NBC and CBS Evening News on Sunday night, Sports Illustrated did a big feature on us, the New York Times, the AP, UPI, uh, just all over. Uh, and uh, it was exhausting and wonderful, and uh, so I thought, okay, we'll do it a second year. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to answer your question, yes, uh, The uh, when I started out, I was as editor at Penny Press. I didn't I uh, hardly know any other puzzlers, but that was important to me to for me to meet puzzlers and uh, for everyone to get together. That was that's what was missing from this solitary activity.
1: It really is a solitary activity. I mean, solving a crossword. I mean, unless you're doing it, you know, with with your wife or your family or something like that, it's just something you pick up the paper and do it by yourself. But then you have things like the ACPT. You have like the National Puzzlers League conventions. You have even things like that Mohonk Weekend that you did and uh, other such events that bring these people together and actually make it a human community. I, that's kind of cool, I think.
2: That is cool. Um, uh, before the uh, C- Crossroad Championship started, um, Helene Havanek and I restarted the National Puzzlers League conventions. Um, and the NPL goes all the way back to 1883. There used to be one or two conventions a year. For most years, there were two conventions. Uh, they stopped in 1958. Um, And I joined the NPL in 1972 during after a summer when I uh, had an internship at the Library of Congress to study the history of puzzles. And I went through old issues of the Enigma, which is their magazine, uh, read about these terrific old conventions, and thought, isn't it a shame that these things aren't done anymore? So uh, I proposed to Helene that we team up and do a convention together. Uh, I would do the program. She would handle the registrations and reservations and hotel arrangements. And uh, that was in 1976, uh, the first NPL convention in 18 years. I'd say it was a, a big hit. I don't know. There were 26 puzzlers there or something. But, man, we had a great time, and now that's become an annual event as well.
1: Uh, so, so the ACPT it has grown and prospered, and obviously you had the ama- amazing success with the the wordplay movie about five years ago now, and and now the tournament has moved to New York. Now, last year at the tournament we saw uh, that big big development in the the computer scoring technology with scanning in the score the the, the grids, and right. uh, that was that was amazing. I thought from the competitors' perspective from the outside, did that work the way you wanted it to? Was that was that everything you
2: hoped? I thought the scanning worked great. That was uh, Matt Ginsburg's idea, and, uh, and he implemented it along with Doug Heller, who's the tournament webmaster, and they worked together to make this happen. So if you're a contestant at the tournament and you want to see your papers after they have been marked and scored, you can check them out. They're, uh, they go online almost immediately.
0: Uh, speaking of technological advancements, has uh, Eugene Varshavsky uh, registered for the tournament yet?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course, you're referring to the, uh, the guy who was suspected of cheating at the Sudoku Championship yeah, last it was fall. proven pretty <laughs> Yeah, isn't that a great story? Uh, and uh, he volunteered the information that uh, we asked him what he did, and he volunteered the information that he made remote devices for a magic company. Don't know why he told us that. <laughs> wow! Um, <laughs> God.
1: Now, now, back to the tournament stuff. What what is the routine for putting together the lineup of puzzles? When you pick the constructors, you pick the the types of puzzles. Do you design it ahead of time? Like how how is that done?
2: Right. Well, there are certain. Uh, there are eight puzzles in the tournament. Uh, seven that everyone does, and then the playoff at the end. There's uh, particular sizes. Um, And there are three people that I invite every year to submit a puzzle. One is Maura Jacobson, who's been doing this every year since 1978. Uh, Merle Regal and Mike Shank. you know, those are just, uh, those are givens. No surprises there, they're going to have puzzles in the tournament. Uh, Then I try to vary the other constructors, figuring out, uh, you know, New York Times crossword contributors who are really good, who are popular who uh, I think would like to make tournament puzzles. If possible, i like to pick constructors who will be at the event because uh, I think they enjoy it, seeing they're watching as hundreds of people are solving their puzzle. And uh, I think uh, it's nice for uh, the, the uh, contestants to see the, uh, the constructors as well. Um, I try to mix up gender, so uh, try to have at least several women, for example, among the roster. And... Uh, Typically, I ask for six of the eight. I commission six of the eight puzzles, and then the two 15s, puzzles number one and four, I pick from my New York Times files with the constructor's permission um, to make sure that those themes balance the themes that the uh, constructors of the other uh, puzzles have given to me. Uh, Puzzle one, typically, is easy or easy medium. Puzzle 5, of course, is uh, the bitch mother of all crosswords. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it certainly is.
2: And Puzzle 6 by mora that's the last one on Saturday. It's large. It's 19 by 19 squares, but typically it's easy. You know, after you've been uh, racking your brain all day, it's nice to have something uh, easy-ish and traditional and right. light and fun.
1: Now, when you when you commission from different people, do you suggest themes or structure or concept ideas or do you just leave that up to their to their genius
2: all right i'd leave it up completely to them
0: and all the 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 puzzles are all except for the the final puzzle they're all themed right
2: that's correct
0: so that makes puzzle five slightly easier i mean if you can get the theme really slightly have you tried puzzle five lately
2: (laughs) Slightly I I have to think about that uh you were mentioning uh you asked earlier about what constructors give me, I'll tell you, the biggest surprise I ever got was, uh, I think it was like seven or eight years ago, I forget exactly how many years ago now, maybe even 10 by now, um, Emily Cox and Henry Rathon made a spoonerisms puzzle where every single clue consisted of a spoonerism.
1: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> if the uh, clue, for whatever reason, was funny bone, you know, then the clue that was given to you was bunny phone.
0: Wow! Oh, wow! Oh my God! Every every clue
2: was a spoonerism. Every clue had a spoonerism. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that was that was interesting. That was the year that there was a uh, a a class, a seminar at Duke University, whose project was to write a program for solving crosswords, and especially high level crosswords like those in the Times, and. uh so just for fun I entered them in the tournament where uh before the tournament I sent the puzzles to the the teacher of the class and uh, the computer solved them as best it could using all their algorithms and its database and sent me the and they sent back their uh their scores and uh, how many answers were put in and I think uh my memory is out of like 500 or 525 contestants that year if the computer had been a person competing it would have finished 151st. Wow. Which when you think about it is pretty impressive for a computer. Yeah.
1: Better than I finished. (laughs)
2: Wow! Anyway and and the reason I tell this story is that was the year with the Spoonerisms puzzle and uh, the computer had no (laughs) idea (laughs) what, (laughs) what to make. It had nothing like that in its database. That's that's where a, a human mind can see a pattern yep. uh, that a computer couldn't. Wow. Oh,
0: yeah,
1: that's without amazing. that
2: without the spoonerisms the uh the computer would have done much better. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> as long as I'm telling stories on crazy stuff, there another year Emily and Henry sent me a story crossword. So Instead of uh, clues that you know, simply you know the regular clues, the way we do them, uh, there was a story, and you'd be reading along, and it'd say da 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 five down, blah 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 sixty three across, and so on. Oh, And okay. you had to figure out the answers from the context of the story. Wow, um, wow. That just uh, that just whacked people. Some <laughs> yep. people loved it. A lot of people hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that again, uh, because it, it wouldn't work for the online tournament. There'd just be no way to convert the uh, puzzle to that format.
1: So last year, uh, as we all remember, four people tied for first place at the end of puzzle number seven. Let's look ahead to the finals that are coming up in about, uh, well, by the time this show airs about five days from now. And, uh, who do you think you're going to see on that a finals this year? Can you predict that?
2: Yeah, I knew you'd ask that. And, uh, Um, Not only can't I predict (laughs) that, that's not something I even think about. uh, Because I'm afraid if I think about who might be in the finals, that might somehow alter my thinking. Who I like, who I don't like, whatever. Uh I don't even want to think about who might be on the stage for the finals. And so this helps me remain completely neutral.
1: Okay. Okay. I don't believe you,
2: but okay. Oh, it's absolutely true.
1: Now. (laughs) Now we are going to actually be talking to some of these uh, top solvers from last year uh, in this same podcast episode. Do you have any any words you'd like to share with any of those uh, elite?
2: <laughs> oh man, watch out for puzzle five. No, I'm not <laughs> all
1: right, all right. Well,
2: I'm just kidding on that. I don't think <laughs> number five is uh, any worse than some of the others that uh, have been in previous
0: yeah right. they never seem to have any trouble with it no 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 those those, people, those elite people they don't. no no Dan and Tyler and they just and they Francis. they whip through it just like every other puzzle it's-, unbelievable. it's interesting,
2: an interesting thing really it make doesn't make any difference how uh it doesn't make the level of difficulty really doesn't matter uh The people who can solve the easy puzzles fastest tend to be the same people who are able to do the hard puzzles at all. There's uh, just not much difference, you yeah. know. I could do puzzles, make them all Monday level, New York Times level crosswords, and I think we'd have the same people on the stage.
0: Yeah, wow, probably.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to it. It, it, it has been so much fun. This will be my third time going, and I'm really excited.
2: Oh, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be a good time.
1: It is. Will, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us today.
2: Thanks, I, Brian. I, thanks, Ryan.
0: You're welcome, and uh, we'll see you uh, Friday.
2: I'll see you real soon. Excellent. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot, guys.
4: Bye.
0: Why does somebody like Will Shorts even bother talking to us?
1: I don't know. I don't know. He's incredibly nice. He's
0: he's very, very nice. He is
1: is nice. He is outgoing. He's brilliant. I think he's a lot of fun. Yes. And he's an avid ping-pong player. He is. I don't know if you know that. You viewers, I don't know if you know that. He's he, and he's very good. He's very. He has said he has said on more than one occasion that if he wasn't doing crossword puzzles like as his profession, he would want to be a, a professional table tennis player. Yes, yes. It's not ping pong. Yeah, it's not ping pong. Ping
0: pong is the game. Table ping, tennis is the sport.
1: There, there you go. Yeah, uh, that's what it is.
0: That's a Will Shortz quote.
1: So we were able to talk to uh, five top speed solvers. Five. We got we got all the people who have appeared in the A finals each of the last two years, plus the winner of the C division, winner of the B division, winner of Lollapazoola two. Dan Fair. Yes. Uh, so we've got Howard Barkin, the great Howard Barkin knower of all things. We've got Dan Fair, whose nickname has already been made clear. We've got Tyler Hinman, insert kick-ass nickname here. He's the five-time reigning champion. He is. We've got Francis Heaney, who was in the finals last year, and we've got Trip Payne, who was in the finals each of the last two years, and he's a three-time champion in his own right. Yes. So those five gentlemen all talk to us, and we've put together this sort of compilation interview uh, with all of uh, So please...
5: Uh, so as it gets closer
0: to uh tournament time uh what uh do you get excited about coming back to the acpt and seeing the crossword community and seeing your friends and so what's what's all that about
3: uh this is uh tyler Hinman. insert kick-ass nickname here uh i've been entering the tournament since uh 2001 in that span i've missed just uh the 2002 tournament And I have won uh, through sheer providence the last uh, five events. Well, you know I I, I do I do enjoy competing. You know, as as nervous as I get, and uh, I also look forward to seeing all my friends there. Uh, It's the same sort of same reason I look forward to the National Puzzlers League convention every year. So I just uh, get to see a bunch of good people. Well, I'm Francis
6: Heaney. I live in Brooklyn, New York. It's a total highlight. I'm I'm a very competitive person crosswords. I'm good at crosswords. It is a, you know, a nice venue to obsess about, like, being the best at this really ridiculous
7: skill. I am Trip Payne. I live in Boca Raton, Florida. I've been coming to the tournament since 1992. I've been in the finals 11 times, and I have always been in the top 10. It's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, obviously, I like the chance of winning $5,000, but you know, also, it's just great to see all my friends for a few days every year.
1: Now, Tripp, you're also a competitive Scrabble player, right? Is the, is the ACPT anything like the Scrabble scene?
7: The Scrabble scene is very, it's, it's similar in a lot of ways in that there are a lot of people who make the same sort of friendships there. I don't feel quite as close to the Scrabble people as I do to the Pubble people just because I've already cultivated these Puzzle relationships for so long. I like a lot of the people in Scrabble, don't get me wrong. But for me, that's more of a competitive thing, whereas the puzzle thing is almost primarily a social thing for me.
0: Okay, so the tournament, the competition, what do you do to, do to prepare?
3: Basically, my mo is this: like leading up to it, it'll be like, oh, you know, I'm not going to take it seriously. You know, it's supposed to be fun. I'm just going to go in there and uh, see what happens. And then, you know, I carry that uh, philosophy right up until the point where I sit down for puzzle one, at which point it all goes completely out the window and I become a nervous wreck. <laughs> Do you do do anything specific, though? Um, You know, on the flight over, um, I'll probably break out the stopwatch on my phone and uh, uh, maybe get through some more jigs and puzzles. That's the training material I like, because she's going to have a puzzle in the tournament, and, you know, it's it's big and it's easy, so you can kind of test your tournament uh, technique on those pretty well.
4: I'm Dan Fayer. Two years ago, I won the C Division, and last year, I won the B Division. Mostly what I do is just solve more puzzles on paper. You know, there's about an average of five puzzles that come out every day, the New York Times and, of course, all the other syndicated ones. I, for the last few months, have been usually uh, printing them out and sort of taking out the stopwatch and going as fast as I can just to get more comfortable.
6: To prepare for the tournament, I fail to think about it for most of the year, and then, like, about two months beforehand, I go, oh, crap, tournament, and then I print out a year's worth of New York Times crosswords and solve all of them in about two months.
7: I probably solve fewer crosswords than any other major competitor throughout the year. I mean, I don't solve the Times every day. You know, I'm not one of these people who solves 10 crosswords a day or whatever. Typically, I'll solve, maybe I'll solve the weekend Times puzzles. This year, I just finished up solving uh, a new book of uh, Bob Klon crosswords called uh, The Wrath of Klon, and, uh, yeah, that helped me shake off any rust that I might have. My name is
5: Howard Barkin from New Jersey. I do tend to do, do puzzles just, you know, for fun in my spare time anyway. So I try not to deviate too much from that. I just kind of, I kind of do my thing. I guess the only thing different I'm doing this year, really, is I happened to pick up a copy uh, at the local uh, bookstore. Uh, they had a copy of the Bob Klons. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the title of it is here. So I don't know if you have it. I think, the, it's,
1: uh, I think it's called The Wrath of Klons.
5: Wrath of Kwan, how could I forget something like that? That's just too good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually picked that up because Bob Kwan happens to be one of those constructors that just, just kind of takes my brain out and twists it into a pretzel.
6: But usually when I'm training for the uh, the tournament I just I just, you know, like carbo load on New York Times because I figure I want to get into Will's editing style. You know, like I love Peter's puzzles but I don't want to do a bunch of fireball crosswords before the tournament because his editing style is very different from Will's and it's not very useful to get, like, really sharp on Peter's editing style right before the ACPT.
1: It seems like every year there are more and more elite solvers clogging up the standings at the top. How can you break away from that pack? What what needs to happen to separate the logjam?
6: Blind luck, probably.
4: But, no, I mean, at that point it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, one person might make a mistake... uh like I believe the great Howard Barkin did last year, um, or else he would have been in first place by himself.
6: It's really kind of the luck of the draw on whether the crosswords just happen to cater to your particular knowledge set. The kind of puzzles that I tend to break away from other people on are sort of rule-breaking puzzles. I think the first year I broke the top ten was the year that Emily and Henry had a spoonerism puzzle where every uh, clue had, like two words spoonerized, so You had to translate the clue while you were solving. And like, that's the kind of crap I'm really good at.
3: I mean, the, the competition is only increasing. It's only getting harder. Um, so, you know, it's just like, the, the thing about it is there's just so many people who are good enough to win. And there's just so many variables uh, in the puzzle that it really, that's really what it comes down to. It's just like, who can latch on to this specific set of several hundred clues the fastest.
7: Well, I've always said that the key is to lock Tyler in a closet before Puzzle (laughs) (laughs) 7.
2: All right, so is there
0: anything you can do to improve your own skills in this situation?
4: I have no idea. I don't think there's anything I could do, aside from do 8,000 puzzles in a year and see if I'm getting any faster. Every
5: person's a little bit different. I mean, I've heard that there's, there's people that can... read and process four answers in your, your brain at one time. And for me, I try to just keep it, you know, I try to keep a continuous stream. As I'm solving, I'm writing one answer down. I'm reading and processing the next answer in my head and writing that one. in. so I have this constant flow going. You're keeping this constant kind of flow of answers going. And if you do it right, kind of like you're juggling and you're keeping this timing going.
7: And I feel really good if it's a very hard puzzle. Like I'm one of the people who's actually rooting for a Byron Walden puzzle because I think I tend to do better. I'm not as confident on the puzzles that are a speed race. You know, the things where everybody's trying to get below three minutes. I'd rather see a really, really hard puzzle, because I like my chances of breaking away a bit better.
1: So at some point, a lot of it is just the luck of the moment.
6: You know, the, the thing is, is that there's so many people who are essentially equally skilled at solving crosswords, like Howard Barkin could be in the mix, uh, Al Sanders could be up there. Ann Erdman would have been, like, right there with us if she hadn't made an error in one puzzle last year, I'm pretty sure.
7: So much just comes down to chance on those speed races, you know, whether you end up at two minutes and 58 seconds or three minutes and two seconds.
6: Right.
7: And, I, you know, I don't want that, that sort of thing to determine whether or not I make it into the final three. I'd rather see a puzzle that is stumping the room, where if I don't make it, it's because, you know, I just didn't break through the top clues as fast as i should have
0: all right so you're at the tournament is there anything is there anything that frightens you you know someone if it's someone's name someone it's a, it's a byline or a theme or some sort of crazy grid construction is there anything that says
3: oh my god not this
6: uh stanley newman's name
3: <laughs> okay all i'm worried about is that just that one crossing that i know other people will know and i don't you know,
5: you're, if you have a little bit of nervousness, and a lot of people do, especially the first time they solve there, because it's a little bit like taking the SATs, you know, in high school a little bit, you know, sitting at tables with all these people around, it's a little bit intimidating, but it's really kind of a fun thing, and you kind of
3: have to always keep that in mind. You know, there's every, everyone has their blind spots, and mine, you know, with my age, or mine are certainly different from everyone else's, so if, uh, you know, if one of those comes up and no one else has any problem with it, but I do, you know, that's probably going to spell doom for me.
4: I don't know that there are any constructors that scare me particularly.
6: You know, there, there are many constructors who I'm on the on the wavelength of like Patrick Berry and Brendan Quigley. I usually get into a nice solving groove with those people. And then there are people who my brain just clashes with. Stan Newman is one of those.
7: There's nothing that, like that that really worries me. I think the thing that always concerns me the most The thing that I would uh, hate to see happen is a careless mistake, because that hits everybody eventually.
1: All right, let's assume that you make it into the finals. Who do you least want to see
6: at a board next to you? I mean, it'd be great if Tyler wasn't up there and we could all just relax and be like, yay, no matter what happens, someone different is going (laughs) to (laughs) win. But, uh, you know, like, I, I I would not love to be up there next to Al Sanders because I'd be like,
4: oh, crap, sentimental favorite! How do you know who's scarier between Tripp and Tyler and Francis? Because they've all beaten each other on these puzzles. They, you know, they might've had small mistakes. I'd probably be most comfortable if Tyler was not in the finals because then there wouldn't be the pressure of somebody has to beat Tyler.
3: Oh, Trip, Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, he's been up there the last two years and you know, he's, he's really cleaned my clock time-wise. It's just been those, those few squares that, uh, that he overlooked and, you know, It may have happened two years in a row. I wouldn't bet on it happening a third year in a row.
7: The way I just flamed out the last two years in the finals, I figure I'm getting the sympathy vote again from the audience. So the only person I really don't want up there is Al Sanders because he could eat into my sympathy vote.
0: Brilliant, brilliant people. All right. It is now the time of the show for predictions.
2: Predictions.
1: Predictions. I predict that I am going to fall 100 places in the standards. Oh yeah, we should do self predictions. I think that I was. I finished 282nd last year. I think I'm going to finish 382nd this year.
0: I don't actually have a prediction for myself. I, I have do a hope
1: you finished 450th last year. Yeah. And I think you're going to finish 375th this 375th. year. 375th. Yes, you're going to finish seven places ahead of me this year.
0: I am hoping. To finish in the 300s.
1: You're going to finish 375th, but you're not going to win the E-Division. I am
0: not going to win the E-Division. I'm very sorry to say. Who is going to win the the E-Division? I have
1: no idea, but I don't think it's going to be you.
0: Why not? I don't know. I I don't think I'm going to win it
1: either. I I really think that in order to win the E-Division, and I say this from the vast experience I have, (laughs) having won the E-Division, you need to really, really suck your first time at the tournament. Uh And you did that. (laughs) But... (laughs) But you need to improve by leaps and bounds, uh-huh. and you haven't done that. You improved significantly right. between your first year and your second year, and I believe you'll improve again. Uh-huh. But I think you need to improve a lot more all at once to uh-huh. win the E Division. You I say this I only because that's what I did. I finished like 580th and then two hundred.
0: Well, as I said before, I think the key for me is Puzzle 5. Yeah. If I can somehow key into the theme, yep. and I can somehow solve it. Yeah, somehow. Somehow, with a hood and an iPod, <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> and a chessboard.
1: Uh, yeah, do you make remote devices for magicians? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, if I can do that, yeah, I still have no chance. What no, am I talking about? No okay, so predictions
1: on the big board. All right, on the big board, I think the A finals, the A finals this year, I think it's going to be, I think the A finals is going to be Dan Fair, Howard Barkin, Trip Payne. Okay. And that's the order I think that's third Second first I think Dan is third Howard is second And Trip Payne wins I think it's going to
0: be Trip, Dan, and Tyler Yeah And Mm. I think Dan is going to win You think Dan is going to win I think Dan is going to win I think Dan is Is faster than Everybody else I think he
1: is too And I think he's going to Suffer on the Dry erase board Aspect of things I don't think so I think on paper He wins And I think on the Dry erase board He struggles I disagree. I think against Howard and Tripp, who have been up on those boards a whole lot more. I think Dan falls. He's short. been
0: up on he's been up on the
1: boards. Yeah, yeah. He won so easily in both the C division two years ago and the B division last year that it's really hard to assess what his dry erase board speed is like compared to
0: others. It is. I it, think it is hard to assess his I dry erase is. board speed. Well, <laughs> I think that's legitimate. It is legitimate. So these are. I mean, these predictions obviously are meaningless because we cannot predict the future. Oh, uh-oh, but I can. <laughs> Do you have a secret message for my teeth? <laughs> All right, quickly, the contest of then. The contest of then came from June Pak. The contest was, what are the only two five-letter English words consisting of four consonants and one vowel, with the vowel being the last letter? For the purposes of this contest, Y is a vowel. What are the two words? Schmo, schwa. Schmo and schwa.
1: Yep, those are the two words.
0: And who Did are- you figure them out? No. I did. day oh.
1: You know what I think? You know how every season on a TV show, they sort of get rid of old characters and introduce new characters at the season break? I'm looking forward to season three of this show, in which we replace the pickle. And who is the winner? The winner is John, I don't need no stinking nickname, Delphin, Vassar class of 1976, who signed his contest submission, Doctor Who. Thank you very much, Doctor Who, which, by the way, is a five-letter term in which the last letter is a vowel and all the others are consonants. Uh interesting. Uh D-R-W-H-O John, John, did you think I wasn't going to see that? Did you think I wasn't going to figure out your little trick, your little game, your
0: little ruse? I didn't figure it out I did I Uh, saw right through you John, tell us what you want to to win and we'll bring it to you this weekend That's right Uh, We don't have a contest of now this week because We're taking a contest week
1: off because there's a pretty big contest happening in Brooklyn And I think everybody's going to be a
0: little bit more
1: invested in that one
0: Right Uh, So there you go yeah. Uh, look. We're, gonna, we're, we're also
1: going to use the yodeling pickle to decide who wins the ACPT, I think. Oh, well, that'd be good. We'll yeah. just bring it. I'll bring
0: it. I'll bring it. Good. Please do. Look on the horizon. Yes, what is it's it? It's a thunder god. And he's... and he's... bringing a grease board. Okay. No? <laughs> All right. We, we're going to do this super fast. Super fast. Super fast. This is a double thunder round. It is. Double... Th- so... Up on the horizon, two, <laughs> two, <laughs> two sports
1: with two grease sports. One of them solving much slower than the
0: other. Monday, February first, by Scott Atkinson. Everything rhymes with icky, except Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't say Wikipedia. I say Wikipedia.
1: Tuesday, February second, by Alex Fay. Split decision, divided highway, broken
0: hearted. Everything was in two parts. Wednesday, February third, by Christian House. Right. House. Okay. Uh these were parental rules because I said so. And uh and, and but why the child cries. Yeah, but, why? but why but that's why? That's all they ever say. But my, why my mom always said, Do as I say, not as I do. Oh. That was her thing.
1: Really? My dad always just said turn around and shut up. Thursday, February 4th, by Matt Ginsburg. There were seven pairs of answers in this, where the the answers were anagrams of each other. Right. The clue told you both things, but you didn't know which one went in which entry. Very cool. Very clever.
0: Friday, February 5th, by Joe Crows Rhymes with puzzle. Uh, this was uh, uh, 19 black squares. Yeah. Nin- one away from the record. 19 black squares. He had made a mental note. Street musicians dials 911. Good very, very nice. Yeah. Very good very film. Good film.
1: Saturday, February 6th, by Frederick J. Healy. Not
0: Francis Heaney. No, no, no. I get them confused
1: sometimes so when I. I see their names in print. So do I. You know what? There were 16 cheater squares in this Saturday puzzle. And I thought the fill was kind of meh, and it followed Joe Krosel's 19 black square. I don't know. Frederick Healy, I don't know you,
0: but I, I was a little disappointed. Sunday, February 7th, by Patrick Berry. This was a Super Super Bowl. This was a cool puzzle. Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. I, you didn't like it? No. I thought it was cool it, was, yeah, it, was okay. a, it followed the story Of a guy ordering a pizza Yeah I know And then it, 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 All the answers were football Terms Yeah Like I, Super Bowl I, I get it And draft pick Okay Yardage Yeah
1: Monday February 8th By Paula Gamash, Bearer of bad news This puzzle had Things that are hot Yes Things that are Tabasco hot Tabasco sauce Sexy body <laughs> wasn't that
0: one of them? Yes, it was. Yeah, okay. It was. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I wasn't at all. Tuesday, February 9th by Robert Chirillo. I think Cirillo. Chirillo. Cirillo. Cirillo? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think it's Chirillo. Okay. Robert Cirillo. <laughs> thrice repeated... <laughs> thrice repeated syllables. Yeah. This, this is, is fun. This is I very like, cool. I like these. Incan can can. Lisbon bonbon. Yeah, and some others bonbon. that didn't make
1: it into the script. Yes. If <laughs> you <we> don't remember. <laughs> Wednesday, February 10th, by Ed Sessa, L-O-V-E. The first first in line, the center of gravity, the long... Ed Rodas. Ed Rodas, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and, and you know how he came up with this puzzle? Pure
0: dumb luck. There you go. That's what he said. Thursday, February 11th, by Rob Reiner's friend, Peter A. Collins. This was uh, the day before Abraham Lincoln's birthday... Okay. Uh, his his actual birthday.
1: Yeah. So what do we do? We're running puzzles not on the days they go. Like Ed Sess's love puzzle runs four days before Valentine's Day. Peter Collins Abraham Lincoln puzzle runs one day before the birthday. Well, well, it's, what's going it's on?
0: How things fall in the calendar. Well, I don't. I don't like the the, the calendrical
1: dispensation of uh, holiday puzzles. <laughs> and that is the end of the show. <laughs> Friday, February 12th, by Kevin G. Durr-Yucalus. This had the two quad stacks of 15. Absolutely unbelievable. I thought it was very impressive construction. And the the grid was quite clean. And Kevin wrote Up, which is the saddest cartoon ever made.
0: It really was. Yes, he wrote it and animated it. (laughs) And he played both parts. (laughs) He did. He played all the parts. He played the balloons. Yep. And he played the Up. Yep. (laughs) Saturday, February 13th. 16th. (laughs) What? Saturday, February 13th, by Ashish Chanvang Sathor Vengsakar. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, this yeah. puzzle is this, all about you.
1: This, uh... The crossword solver, cruciverbalist. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we didn't like it so much. Ashish, we adore you, but We not do this adore one. Ashish, yes. Sunday, February 14th by Matt Ginsberg and Pete Mueller. That's amore. That in, was in, the title of the puzzle. Celebration was, of Valentine's Day. Yes, it was love according to all sorts of I different it sources. I was a very
0: sweet theme. It was a very sweet theme. Because you had, yeah, according to Shakespeare, love is blind. According yeah. to the Beatles, love is all you need. Uh, love is a many-splendored thing. Uh, love is is uh, three bags of potato chips. and Something a, like that. Uh, sharing your popcorn. Charles Schultz. Yes. I think it's my favorite yes, one. Yes,
1: love is sharing your popcorn. That's
0: it for that's us. That's the show. That's the show. We're, that's the end of we, episode we 92. Every, we will see everybody on Friday. Oh,
1: about the ACPT, I did want to say this. Listen there's a lot of you out there who are going to be at the acpt and we totally want to hang out with every single one of you and and interview you and talk to you about stuff but here's the other thing we are horrible 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 at remembering everybody's name all the time we have them on pieces of paper here in front of us in the studio but in real life we're going to be embarrassed because we're not going to remember so wear your name tags and help us out with that (laughs) because really we know your names but we don't always know your faces and don't be offended Please don't be offended. Just, you know, smack us or something. Punch Ryan in the stomach. Uh, Ryan's the shorter one. Ryan's the shorter one. You should hit him. He'll be easier to knock down. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bigger target. Yeah, but I have a larger uh, center of gravity. I have a larger V in love. Uh, So you can
2: hit me, but I don't...